welcome to Select Match Type. I'm Simon Cowgill, joined as I am always by Chris Ellis. How are you? I'm very well, saw yourself. Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, so we mentioned in the previous episodes that um, this one was going to be set in 2001. Um, to be more specific, it was the Royal Rumble 2001. What do you remember about the Royal Rumble 2001, Chris? Not a great deal, to be honest. I, during this period of time, I'd kind of dropped out the week-by-week wrestling scene, so Raw, SmackDown. I weren't catching up on it as much as I used to, yeah. so I was mainly just about the pay-per-view. So I remember Armageddon around this time, I remember the rest, WrestleMania before, where this feud started. But apart from that, the week-by-week stuff wasn't something I was really that interested in, unfortunately. No. Which like now. <laughs> Yeah, more of a casual <laughs> fan than a, a week-to-week watching the 19 hours a week that go out at the exactly. moment. And just, yeah. that's Total Divas before we get into Royal Smackdown. Yeah, 205 Live, NXT. It takes a dedicated, unemployed person to uh, watch all of the content that gets out, put out now. So you mentioned the feud, so we should probably talk about what the actual match was. So it was uh, two Chris's, Jericho and Chris Benoit. So it's the moment with most wrestling podcasts where you're looking back on previous matches and it's that uncomfortable conversation. Do we talk about Chris Benoit? Um, for me, I know what he did was um, horrendous. It sounds like I'm going to go on to defend him. Um, he's a represent- reprehensible monster. But for me, um, I can differentiate between what he did um, in real life versus the character that he portrayed on TV. So for me, I can watch Chris Benoit um, matches and not feel like I'm endorsing um, murder that he committed and then he would take go on to take his own life, much in the same way that you can listen to Michael Jackson music and not be supporting what he's alleged to have done as well. I completely agree with you in this regard. It's easy, for me, it's easy to keep Chris Benoit, the actor, the character, the WWE star, and Chris Benoit, the truly awful person, separate. So I don't feel that we should waste any time talking about his personal life, we're looking back on that and we'll treat him just as his in-ring wrestling persona and just what he does in the ring and not even try it not even give him the publicity that that other yeah, act absolutely. deserves. If, if you're interested in that sort of thing, then you can go and find information about it if you don't know already. Um, we're not going to talk much more about it, so... Yeah, if, if and when Chris Benoit comes up in future, we're not going to talk about what happened in his personal life. We're going to talk about uh, the match itself. Having said that, it is quite difficult at times with the, the sort of commentary and the, the character that he portrayed being um, sort of a ruthless. Um, his nickname was the Crippler. He had the Crippler crossface as a finisher. Um, but again, we, we can talk about that without um, making reference to what happened Okay, um, we've talked about the, the pay-per-view itself, so um, the build-up to this match, is, as you mentioned, Chris, went back all the way to the previous WrestleMania. There was a... Angle, Jericho, Benoit, Triple Threat. That's the one with um, the Intercontinental and European titles on the on available on the same night. I think, um, was it Benoit won the European, Jericho won Intercontinental? If I remember rightly, Benoit won the first four, so Benoit took the European yeah, yeah. title. And Angle goes on to lose both titles without being involved in either decision. Um, he, he goes it's on true. To, he it's goes, damn true. It, it is damn true. He's got the three eyes, just one of them isn't intercontinental. Um, he goes on, Angle, to win, win the title halfway through. And yeah, um, 
the Royal Rumble, um, I remember um, being, this was when I was completely into wrestling, couldn't have been more into it at all. Um, you mentioned that it was off the back of the Armageddon pay-per-view. I remember this Royal Rumble being um, having an incredibly stacked roster um, and that shows in the Rumble itself. And so Angle keeps the title here, Austin wins the Rumble, but then Angle loses the title to... Um, to the rock at no way out in a complete setup but that was the the sort of top end but the mid card at this time was absolutely ridiculous um you had all the tag teams um that were around at that time the hardys the dudleys edge and christian the apa too cool i think test and albert were probably i think they were because trish was trish was at a peak as well in around this time well not or as pre, a wrestler or pre- as, a man, as a manager yeah as a manager um, but yeah the, the mid card was incredibly strong you had people like Rikishi um, and, and these two and if you were watching um, wrestling in sort of 2004 to think that these two would be I think they were third match on or something that would be ludicrous um, considering the careers that both men had especially Jericho yeah no, guaranteed Hall of Famer. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so the the match itself, Jericho comes out first with the classic um, countdown Jericho entrance. Um, break the walls down. The break the walls down with his back out, arms stretch wise. Classic, um, classic Jericho. So on SmackDown two, I think it was, you could sort of merge entrances with music, and then you could have someone else's video and someone else's um, actual entrance sort of. Um, animation and stuff but I always went for the Jericho uh, Titantron just as it zoomed in um, looks like there's a stripper in the background <laughs> the thing that was the peak of video gaming back yeah. in the day yeah you couldn't do that on no mercy that's all I'm saying uh, who cares about having to wait three hours for a loading screen <laughs> I still remember the Royal Rumble arcade machine where you played a Quake called Kogan two birds a little joystick just smashing the pad so we're in uh, my spare room recording this and I've got um, a Mega Drive down there with uh, WrestleMania, the, the game. I don't know how you ever would learn to do the finishes on those because there was no instructions or anything with them, but it was kick, punch, pin. And they were about the three things you needed to do. At some point, this podcast could just cut off for a, <laughs> for a long period. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, all of my old consoles. <laughs> Yeah, the, um, so I noticed when Jericho came out, obviously as, along with his classic entrance, 2001 was peak signing crowd. There were, you couldn't see anyone because it was just paper everywhere. Um, noticed a couple in particular, so there was um, about nine people holding a sign, each with a letter, uh, each with a letter saying "man boobs?" question mark. Don't know. <laughs> no. Don't know whether that's aimed at Benoit, Jericho, or someone else entirely. Did you notice anything um, that sort of dated it as well? Because I'm going to go on to something else. No, I didn't. I, I was completely oblivious to the crowd. Normally I pick up on those kind of things. But... I wasn't the crowd, so the, the sponsor for the Royal Rumble, 1-800-COLLECT, <laughs> <laughs> early 2000s. That's proper, that's proper old. Yeah. Next, um, Benoit comes out. Before the match, I, men- uh, I should have mentioned as well, they have... Um, like a recap package showing, um, first of all, Benoit destroying Jericho, and then they had it the opposite way around in green. Um, they have JR t- with them um, talking over it as well. Um, and basically, the setup, uh, the go home role before this was the radicals um, beating down Jericho. So the King and JR talk about that as they're coming out, and the King's making excuses for uh, Jericho already, it seems. The, the King firmly showing that he's in the uh, 
the heel camp. Yeah, it's quite easy at this time. Um, if you're ever confused about who the who to cheer for and who to boo, just listen to the king, and that'll give you some indication of what to do. Although uh, it's not long after this that the king feuds with Taz, and he's the the big face as the invasion starts, isn't it? Yes, very. I think that Jerry Lawler could be the face of anything. It's he just could. the pop that that man gets is ridiculous. Forget he was the face against Michael Cole. Well, <laughs> they say that. He was. Yeah. Well, everyone. I think they're. Uh, my week this week this podcast is just my hatred of Michael. Hatred of Michael. It's going to boil boil down into me just sitting here for an hour and they slagging off Michael Gold. Yeah, definitely. So before I watched this or rewatched it, I seem to remember it being a bit of a dull start, and then when I rewatched it, I can't believe how wrong I was. The bell doesn't even ring, and they're just pounding on each other, chopping. Well, if you've ever watched a Jericho or Benoit match, you know how. Um, Nice like chest chops. Oh, the, the chests are so red within minutes of the match. And yeah, it's, it's incredibly fast paced. And compared, and this is what I was talking about with um, comparing old style ma- uh, ladder matches, so Michaels and Razor, the the tempo is just another level, yeah. I would say. When you, consider, when you can look at the amount of spots there are in two matches as well, Michaels, Ramon, maybe five, six spots. Yeah. At the most, and that's all. Pretty much all Michael's taking them, or, or Michael's jumping off the ladder to give the spot. Exactly. Whereas Jericho, Benoit, we're looking at least twenty good spots yeah. during this match. I didn't want to write notes as I was um, watching because every time I looked down, there was another big crowd pop because there'd been another chair shot or another headshot um, with a ladder or yeah, a, an incredible suplex. It was. It's so fast-paced, and yeah, it was it was great. Something I noticed about the match as well, so you can almost guarantee in a Jericho match that it'll go through the, the bingo card. Um, <laughs> it'll hit the bulldog, it'll go for the lion soul, it'll hit the um, drop kick while they're stood on the outside. Walls of Jericho. Walls of Jericho. Code breaker now, but obviously not at the time. But it doesn't seem to happen in this. It looks like it's going to gonna start at one point when... Benoit's on the apron and he goes for the drop kick, but um, Benoit moves so he misses and goes to the outside, and that that's about it. Other than see, a couple of walls of Jericho. True, attacks. we see a baseball slide that doesn't work as I well. Know, yeah, um, we talked about this as well. So ladder matches, we're going to see the same spot over and over. There's the baseball slide to the outside, although it doesn't connect. There's being hung up on the top rope off the top of um, when you come off a ladder. Um, and which we see several times. Which we see three or four times in this match. Um, I didn't think it was possible after watching previous ladder matches for anyone to be slower than what we'd seen previously. But Chris Benoit, within minutes of the match starting, so he's not tired in any way, goes up the ladder two feet on a rung at a time. Probably takes him forty-five seconds, but there's absolutely no need for it. <laughs> no, they're they're both they're both guilty of it during this. Yeah, during this well, match. It's fair. I can understand it to a point later on when um, they're a bit more tired. So you're supposed to sell. You're supposed to sell the matches taking it. Oh, you know, this. This apparently is Benoit selling that him walking down the ring has left him yeah. barely able to stand. He's absolutely gassed from a, a wander down the aisle. Um, so some we talked about there being a number of massive spots in this match. Um, I think the most mem- memorable is probably. Um, 
Jericho's on the outside after um, being catapulted into a ladder, which is an incredibly sore-looking move anyway. Benoit then bounces off the ropes, goes to do a diving um, suicide dive to the outside. Through the uh, ropes. Through the ropes, but Jericho hits him. Side steps and smashes him in the face of a chair. Exactly. It makes the most brutal noise you could imagine. You can get your hands up, but um, I don't think he does in this instance. No, no, he takes full chair on face action at this at this point and Lawler loves it he asks for the replay six or seven times um, yeah and it <laughs> looks it looks worse every time you see it looks and sounds worse at one point um, uh, so this will be a rarity but we're not going to slag off Lawler's commentary but we'll focus on JR so after one of the replays he goes that's like a contact you'll see in the XFL <laughs> Again, dating the... Date it, well, you say right dating now, it, but it's coming Vincent, back. Vince has re, re, relaunched the XFL. Oh, he's, yeah. Or relaunch it. You never know, and we, we need to basically make two statements here. The XFL, how dating's <laughs> that? Or the XFL, what a brilliant idea. <laughs> what a competition. There you go, you can listen in five years' time, and you'll, you'll have the right answer for in one of those statements. Um, yeah, so some of the other commentary... Um, stands out in this one so at one point JR talks about the fact that the pay-per-view is being streamed out to 70 countries um, King says he doesn't know 70 countries he doesn't know that there's that many countries on earth um, then they have Men- Memphis education banter South Memphis West Memphis East Memphis <laughs> JR well the King's an absolute idiot and he goes on to show that later in the match when um, Jericho gets uh, Benoit in a Walls of Jericho and he slams him for um, not being able to finish the match in that way. Only for th- two or three minutes later, Benoit gets Jericho to tap out to the um, crossface and, Jer- and uh, sorry, the King calls for the, the end of the match. He's like, why is the match not over? You Listen to yourself, you idiot. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Don't think there's much more we can say about it. No, it's... There's nothing you can say about the King that will fully explain how bad he can be on commentary at times. No. Watch the match and make your own commentary. It can't be possibly any words. Make your own commentary in your head. <laughs> yeah, just sit there in your head, talking to yourself. Do the voice of JR on one side and just do a caricature of yourself on the other. A slight uh, detour, but do you remember when they used to have like fan access at WrestleManias and stuff? Yes. And they used to have booths where you could... Um, you could call them out. Call them out. That looks absolutely quality. I wish I could have done that as a kid. I wish I could do that now, <laughs> rather than just sitting watching a pay-per-view slagging the, uh, what the commentators are saying off to you. I don't even know if they still do it. I'd love to just knock small kids out of the way. No, I'm sitting here. Kids can't afford to do that at WrestleMania weekends now. No. If anyone wants to donate to allow us to broadcast live from WrestleMania at any point... We're more than welcome to accept any contributions. Yeah, or if you own the booth that used to have those commentaries, well, you send, send it across to us. Well, if you own the WWE, also, absolutely fine, we will take anything. I'm sure the owner of WWE is listening to this. <laughs> Why would he not? Something else that uh, JR says is that we're making our debut tonight on Arab TV, and the King, goes, the King says, Arab TV? And then it's suspiciously quiet for the next minute or so. <laughs> it's almost like the uh, the commentary's been edited out. I can't remember if he says anything particularly controversial. Oh, I'm sure he did. Probably the network. We'll need to find a bootleg VHS copy of... A perfectly legal or, bootleg VHS A perfectly legal <laughs> If anyone's got the uh, Silver Vision Coliseum video collection and has a Rumble 2001, 
drop us a line, let us know. Yeah, it's a shame. So I mentioned I used to record them on VHSs at this time. Um, annoyingly, I used to record it and then record the next one onto the same tape. I went through only about four tapes in about three years because there was occasional ones where I'd want to keep it, like the Armageddon, uh, Hell in a Cell. But yeah, unfortunately, this wasn't one of them because... I don't know why, because this was one of my favourite pay-per-views at the time, and I decided not to bother keeping it. I had a friend who taped them for me, so we'd go from Smackdown and Raw into the, in the Television X's 10-minute freeview. So completely, a completely different end to a, a wrestling event. Yeah, couldn't be much different. <laughs> um, yeah, there's so we talked about the suicide dive to the outside with the, uh, the chair shot. Um, there's a few other really unprotected ladder shots and um, that seems to be the the theme of the match um all all directed to benoit pretty much yeah there's um jericho takes a few um big bumps but it's not really um ladder or chair shots so at one point um benoit picks jericho up halfway up the ladder carries him to the ropes and drops him and he manages to do a like 180 rotation and lands on his on feet, his feet pretty much it looks like at first he lands on his chest, but yeah, I think he does get his knees, but it makes a horrible sound. Um, there's a few shot um, whips of Jericho into the post. Which, a lot, yeah, a lot of shoulder on the metal. Yeah, contact. I guess it was to um, play up to the uh, beatdown that Benoit well, had given him previously. Yeah, I mean, the Radicals on the go-home show just say they attacked him and taken out the arm of Jericho under the, under the uh, ladder. So they did play up massively to that with that injured yeah, shoulder. Definitely. Um, there's a lot of whipping into posts. There's a lot of whipping into ladders. Um, another spot that they go for. So the uh, ladders set up, but over towards the turnbuckle. Um, Jericho goes to suplex or superplex, super superplex, if it's off the ladder, I suppose. Benoit knocks him off, goes for the diving headbutt, but he rolls out the way. Um, I know that, obviously, there's the, the sl- modern day that we see like Daniel Bryan has... Had to retire and then came back. Yeah. Um, still does the move because he's a, he's a bit of an idiot, idiot yeah. apparently. But yeah, it was a, a sore looking dive from what a 15 foot ladder. One of the nastiest ones, apart from the chair shot to Benoit's face, is a Jericho slingshot in the ladder off the off the ropes. Oh yeah. So yeah, uses it a bit like a, a seesaw, if you like, yeah. doesn't he? And bounces off the side of his head. Again, it looks like Benoit tries to get his hands up, but just can't, but just can't, can't get. Get his hands in the way, which is, uh, yeah, a, a shame. <laughs> um, yeah. So, anything else before we move on to the the end of the match? No, no. I think the only thing that really highlighted is we've already picked up is just the high pace of this match. I think there's a clear through line when we look at WrestleMania 10 and the and the Ramon Michaels match. You can literally see match ladder matches getting faster and faster pace and more dangerous as you go along. Yeah. Which is strange because this one is after TLC. But before is, TLC yeah. 2... That's right. Um, so we will um, talk about... So there's TLC, but there was the ladder ma- the triple ladder match before that. So the triple ladder match was at the WrestleMania before. So okay. a, the same pay-per-view was the um, Jericho-Benoit angle match. Um, and then they have the TLC at the SummerSlam... Um, following in the yeah. 2000s yeah. Um, and then yeah we get to TLC 2 um, at Wrestlemania just after this um, we won't talk much about no, the, the three way because um, we're going to talk about that in a future episode um, but yeah you, you're absolutely right the the pace just seems I don't know whether 
in the year 2000, people's expectations are higher or their attention spans are lower. <laughs> okay, so yeah, leading on to the, the end of the match. Um, so Jericho um, puts the ladder over the body and starts climbing, then gets pushed against off the rope. Then Benoit climbs, um, Jericho comes back, starts to hit him in the back, gets kicked into the ropes, bounces off, pushes Benoit to the outside. Uh, Jericho climbs up and wins. But that doesn't quite tell the whole story as Benoit is knocked to the outside um, and just can't... There must be a force field around the there's, ring. There's some weird kind of oil spill or outside that Benoit just cannot seem to get his footing. He, he's about to slide into the ring. Oh, I better not. It's like um, a Simpsons movie with Cletus. <laughs> okay, Cletus, try and get to the lake. I can't. I simply can't. <laughs> he just can't get into the ring for some reason, and it makes it look a little bit ridiculous. Um, I said to you as it was happening, if he'd been put through a table or something, he could just lie down, and I don't know why he couldn't do that. No. Just landing on the, the outside. But as, we, as we said, that's, it's a common problem we have with a lot of ladder matches. You have to get to that finish. So if someone has to be incapacitated enough to actually have, allow someone to climb the ladder. I'm not sure if Jericho takes too long to actually climb up or does they get their timing's wrong. It does seem to take a while. I guess it's the timing, but... And if you're already halfway up, you can't then call an audible and, oh, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> dead, <laughs> and, and throw himself back to the ground. But No, it was just, it was just standard skate around like Bambi on ice outside the ring. The timing. It must be a timing issue or an oil slick, as we, as we talked about, which is going to make the Royal Rumble very difficult later on. How is anyone going to get in the ring? Um, oh, no, that's what happened. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. It started in 2001, it's still going. Still going. <laughs> so what did you think um, overall? So It's a tremendous effort from both individuals. As we said, it's a high pace. They don't let up at any point. There's no rest holds. Part, the only rest hold is a minute with the Crippler Craft face. And a minute with the Wolves of Jericho on the ladder for that. Yeah. And if you can call someone's finisher a rest hold, then you've done something right, I guess. But they go full out. It's, it's high impact. Too high impact, as we ultimately uh, found out. Yeah. But the spots they do are great. They're numerous. It's just the ending that slightly tarnishes the match. Definitely. But it's a good effort from two solid, solid performers. I couldn't agree more. So they, they obviously go on to um, bigger things. I don't know if they're ever quite as good as they were at this point because of injuries and stuff like that. Um, they Obviously, they'll go on to win world titles, but I think this might be the sort of peak of their in-ring I, powers. I'd argue the Jericho invasion, undisputed champion. Yeah, true. Jericho, that, that's when he's probably his best character work around that time so Jericho that's so Invasion leads on from this Wrestlemania so it's only like six months down the line and Jericho gets relied on pretty heavily because of um, the fact that so many guys are injured I think Benoit misses the pretty much the whole Invasion because of injury the rocks off filming um, Scorpion King possibly at that time he is yeah so he takes a hiatus after Wrestlemania to film and then he comes back part way through the Invasion yeah. but it puts a lot of pressure on people like Angle Jericho people that are relatively new well Angle particularly to, to wrestling but Jericho's only been in WWF for a, a year and a half at that point hasn't he yeah around um, that yeah and it's a shame Benoit because Benoit would have been great as an a, an alliance guy because um, obviously he came from WCW over 
um, and he was just a he gets a reaction. Um, so yeah, I I loved this match at the time. I, I mentioned that it um, I thought it started slowly. I think that was just because um, I was waiting for someone to jump off a ladder, where it was more sort of technical at the start and then builds to that. But yeah, it was incredibly physical. Um, I doubt it's the sort of match that we'll see much anymore um, because of the headshots. You'll still see people jump off ladders and stuff, but... Yeah, you won't see the kind of impact that you saw through this. Yeah, exactly. Um, We talked about it earlier. It's a little bit uncomfortable seeing Benoit take headshots because of what we know now. Um, But that aside, I thought it was a a really good match, apart from the finish with Chris Chris Benoit taking forever to get up. Um, Okay, so what do you reckon style-wise... I'm 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 blowing my star my star predict or my star reviews the bits it because I'm going high so I'm, I've got very little room this because of the finish and because I know there's other matches I'm gonna have to fit in between this and my five star review of the WrestleMania 10 ladder match this is a very solid three and a half star ladder match three and a half three okay. and a half yeah I think you gave it at the te- WrestleMania 10 a five star five review, star review. Which- I, I know you have. It's, it's partly because we're only watching ladder matches. We're not getting like I don't know um, throwaway uh, house show matches in, in between. But yeah, I um, weirdly have gone four stars despite building it up as better than than the the previous. Um, so we'll, three three quarters. Three three quarters seems seems fair. Um, and yeah, the the official. Or the officially unofficial star rating for this match was four and three quarters. So we can have three quarters if he can, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've got one lower though, which seems odd, but I don't think it's a. I don't think it's nearly a five star match. No, I think it was really good. Um, but the reasons that we gave a higher rating for the previous one is because it was really innovative, and I don't think this was. While it was technically really good and brutal, it wasn't that innovative, really. No. There was the um, the Walls of Jericho spot on the ladder, which I've not seen since, uh, before or since. But other than that, was there particularly innovative? No, stuff? there's nothing. There's there's stuff we've already seen. We've seen both sides the same. We've seen a lot of falling off the ladder onto the ring ropes. They just did it very solidly well, which hence my three and a half star and your yeah. four so four star review. Three three and three quarters. Okay. So that'll do us for Royal Rumble 2001, unless you've got any closing comments, Chris. No, nothing on the Royal Rumble this this year's. I'm very much looking forward to going into the Rumble matches in the future. Yeah. I really, as much as I love our format and we want to talk about all the great matches in WWE, it's very tempting just to drop off and suddenly dip into the it great really, matches. It really is. So we talked about uh, cage matches previously. We talked about Hell in a Cell here. We talked about the Royal Rumble itself. Um, we are wasting a lot of our material for future episodes. Great, we get to arm again, and I could talk for days yeah. about that main event. <laughs> Ready for the six? <laughs> so the, the match itself is about what thirty-five minutes. We're going to do a six-hour special on it. Give us a tease where we are next, then. Sorry. Where are we next? So we'll set the scene. It's nineteen ninety-eight. There's two young stars. There's two factions. There we go. I think that's enough to tease a listener. Okay, see you next time then. See you later. And thank you very much for listening. 
You can follow us at Select Match Pod. 